Do not track has been an ongoing privacy debate and in the latest round Microsoft has announced that the next version of its Internet Explorer web browser will feature do not track as a default setting. What are the privacy implications here? Hi, this is Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I recently had the opportunity to discuss Do Not Track with Trevor Hughes, President and CEO of the International Association of Privacy Professionals. Here are excerpts of our conversation. Trevor, I want to take you straight to the headlines because in the news is Microsoft, which says its next browser is going to have a Do Not Track as its default setting for users. How do you feel about this move by Microsoft to protect the user's privacy? So the Do Not Track initiative um, really is much bigger than just the Microsoft announcement, and it is a fascinating uh, case study in how privacy is playing out in the marketplace today. We see all sorts of things uh, in the middle of this discussion. So let's start with uh, the politics of it. Um, the, the idea of Do Not Track is, in fact, very political. Do Not Track as an idea was proposed by privacy advocates uh, probably three, three and a half years ago now, and quickly picked up by um, uh, congressmen, people on Capitol Hill, and the Federal Trade Commission. So there's been some significant examination into the idea of do not track. Fundamentally, what was proposed was a header that comes out from your browser that basically says, do not track me. Um, from there, and with a little bit of prodding from the FTC, the marketplace um, and some of the major browser manufacturers, Microsoft being one, but also Google and Mozilla with Firefox, Apple with Safari, have been looking at the idea of do not track and, and thinking about how to implement it within their, uh, within their browsers. We've seen some different implementations. Firefox uh, has indicated that they will support the Do Not Track header and that it can be switched on inside their browser. Apple with Safari already had a situation where they were blocking third-party cookies in a default setting. So Safari already had a pretty robust mechanism to, um, to manage privacy expectations. And then earlier this year, in fact, just recently, Microsoft came out with a very significant announcement, and that was in the next version of their browser, Microsoft was going to be switching on the Do Not Track header in the default. And we know from past user engagement with browsers that the default is enormously powerful. Um, the vast majority of consumers will leave the defaults exactly where they start out. In other words, they won't touch the default. So um, as a result, for all of those consumers who use a Microsoft browser, eventually we would imagine that uh, a significant majority of them will have this, this header on, this Do Not Track header switched on. But the interesting thing about Do Not Track is that it's Without an enforcement mechanism, it is a please do not track indicator. Uh, we don't know what the consequence of not paying attention to the do not track header may or may not be. So let me explain that. So if I am uh, a Microsoft uh, browser customer, I use a Microsoft browser on my desktop, and it's switched on in the default, and I go out and surf the web, some companies, some websites may pay attention to that, others may not. Um, right now, there's nothing to say that it is a deceptive or misleading business practice 
to not pay attention to that header. There's nothing that says that people have to abide by that header. So it may be that it's just a please do not track header. Um, this creates an incredibly complex, if not confusing, set of circumstances for companies to try to deal with right now. It's tough enough managing um, third-party cookies being blocked by certain browsers, people dumping cookies on a regular basis. Now we throw into the mix the idea that um, uh, we've got this indicator coming out of browsers saying, please don't track me, and we're not quite sure what it means, and we're not quite sure what it, what it will uh, result in if we don't pay attention to it. Trevor, what do you see as some of the more popular arguments against do not track? You know, I think there are a number of arguments. So first of all, do not track is a response to some of the concerns associated with online behavioral advertising and privacy online generally. But if we look at privacy online, we have to say that there are lots and lots of controls. Consumers have had many, many controls for many years. You can go into your browser. You can play with the settings. You can see cookies being set on your system. Um, you have the ability to uh, add plugins into your system that can uh, give you greater levels of privacy. There's a lot of control and management out there. So in some ways, I think one of the, the concerns raised by industry is, um, gosh, don't we already have enough controls into this already heavily managed space? I think the other concerns associated with Do Not Track, though, are is this going to actually mean anything? Uh, so back again to the idea of please do not track. If consumers are sending out a message from their browser that says do not track, we're going to be forced to ask a few questions if we are trying to respond to that header. Number one, what does track mean? Certainly I think the, the expectation is it means online behavioral advertising, the idea of tracking web behavior across a number of websites and creating aggregate profiles for purposes of targeting ads. Certainly I think that's, that's in the mix. But what about general site analytics? Is that tracking? What about um, uh, uh, performance tools within a site, things that uh, um, uh, manage content or create dynamic pages so that you're not seeing the same article pop up over and over again on Huffington Post or New York Times or ESPN? Um, there are a number of questions about what track means that we don't have the answers to. Second, what does it mean when you do or do not pay attention to it? And can you create terms of service that tr trump a do not track header? For example, if someone comes to your website and they've got a do not track header on, can you immediately deliver back a pop-up that says, hey, we see that you've got a do not track header on, but we don't accept those headers on our website. So if you want to progress, you have to agree to our terms of service. We have a situation like that kind of playing out with cookies in Europe right now where uh, informed consent is required before setting cookies in Europe. And we don't know the answer when it comes to do not track. And then finally, we don't know what the FTC or other enforcement agencies are going to do. I'm not sure uh, if there's any company out there that wants to be the test case for this. but. How the FTC approaches the do not track header. They've certainly been big champions of this idea being uh, implemented in the marketplace, but now that Microsoft has suggested that it will switch on in the default, what is the FTC going to do for that first big company that is found to be not paying attention to a do not track header? 
Um, that's going to be a pretty groundbreaking case, and, and we just don't know the answer to that right now. So if I'm a privacy officer and I don't want to be that test case, what are the considerations I ought to be mulling right now? So I think there are a few things. You want to um, make sure that you are very, very aware of what you are doing and what others are doing on your website. This is just good privacy management. But being explicitly aware of uh, the third parties that you have active on your website, the practices that your organization itself are engaged in on your website, um, th that's got to be job number one. Job number two is making sure that you're documenting those appropriately and they exist within your privacy policy and any uh, other places that you're disclosing what you're doing in a clear and comprehensible way. Um, you know, a, a very, very good defense um, is the hard work of analyzing what you're doing and presenting it well. Um, one of our members at one of our conferences said a couple of years ago that hard work is good faith. And what he meant by that was if you do the, the, the heavy lifting, the compliance work, the analysis work up front, um, even if you are found to have a violation later, that hard work will pay off because it demonstrates that you were trying to address the issue up front. And most enforcers, most regulators will look at that with a significant amount of sympathy. They're not trying to go after companies that are trying to do the right thing. They're trying to go after companies that are actively doing the wrong thing. So um, um, some of that heavy lifting early on is certainly going to put you in good shape later. This is the end of part one of a two-part interview with Trevor Hughes. In the second installment, we talk about the explosive growth of the privacy profession, how privacy careers are evolving today, and current regulatory and legislative trends globally that privacy professionals ought to be watching. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.